Welcome to the Red Bearded Predator Podcast, where average folks talk about walleyes, whitetails, Wisconsin outdoors, and beyond. There's like a beast. Oh my god. Are you kidding me? Oh, that's a nice eye. Yeah. That was a fast one. Holy cow. Welcome to this week's Red Bearded Predator Podcast. This is the first of a two-part series where Zeb, Eric, and Bud are going to be discussing Zeb's outstanding 10-point buck. It has a deer camp feel to it, a lot of good laughs, and if you have kids, make sure you put the earmuffs on. There's a lot of swearing in this episode. Well, let's get into it. So let's get into the story of the 2020... 2021 Iowa shit show. <laughs> That's a good name for it. Yeah, where Zeb and I kind of doubled up in a way. It was like, but our Zeb shot his, then I shot mine. And we're pretty much going to break down everything that led up to the hunt So and the hunt itself. So uh, Bud's going to kind of emcee this tonight. And... Uh, Cause I got like I got like no pans in the fire at all. No, Bud doesn't shoot deer. He just hangs <laughs> out with guys who shoot deer. So yeah, I hang out with guys. I cut up deer. I do euro mounts. You know everything except actually shooting deer. Apparently this year. Yeah, I I shoot I hey I shoot the hell out of does though. Yeah, especially gun season. Yeah. Yeah, you're 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 the <laughs> consummate meat hunter, dude. So, I am. Yeah, I like a I like a full frying pan. That's all I care about. <laughs> yeah, call me anything you want. Just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, Zeb had a tag, and I had an Iowa tag this year, and kind of leading up to uh, me and Zeb meeting is. I was having no problem getting on deer, saw a bunch of does, saw a bunch of two-year-olds, uh, nothing I was really after, so I was like, something needs to change here, so I started monitoring parking lots and kept on driving around, driving around, and uh, noticed Zeb was just chilling in his truck, and I'm like, ah, oh, guy from Wisconsin, let's see what this joker's all about. So I'm gonna inter- I'm gonna interject. Sure. So as I'm trying to think, this would have been was this third weekend of Iowa season? Uh it was like the pre-run time period, like that last week in October. Like it was right after the weekend you came down, bud. It was like that time period. So the the fall the following weekend that I came down. So that would have been second weekend. I uh, you came down. Let's see here. I'll look I, I was I was I was down opening weekend. I was down the Friday. Oh. Or I came down the Friday, and that was Saturday and Sunday. No, I'm talking opening about, weekend. I, I'm talking about when you came down to hunt in October. You came. Oh, down okay. Twenty third and twenty fourth. So it was the week. Okay. Right after that, so we're talking 25th through 
like the 31st. Okay, so you're, we're like, so I'm thinking like, yeah, we're, so we're like three weeks into the Iowa season. Yeah, yeah, three to four weeks. So now, now you started monitoring, and even like look back, how many like out of states and I guess for you, what you would call local guys like from Wisconsin that you think you can team up with? How many of those guys have you seen? Uh, there was a lot of Wisconsin plates, but I there was no one in their trucks to talk to. <laughs> and the first guy I noticed sitting in a truck was Zeb. <laughs> so I was like, perfect. Let's go, let's go talk to this guy. Yeah, that day was windier than than hell. I remember sitting there and I was like trying to get the gumption up you know, to make the move into that piece. But it, man, it was, it was brutal. And I felt like a, like a Nancy sitting in my truck right there. Just, you know, we talked about it that day, waiting for, waiting to get the gumption with that wind blowing on top of those ridges, man. It was so, I don't know if you want to tell the folks where we were at, but I mean, it was, it was bluff country. Like it was not flat ground. So when you get up on those ridges, like what we were hunting in the wind, man, that can be brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That day it was, 35, 40 mile an hour gust on top of the ridges, no doubt about that. So we were kind of avoiding going out in the woods, but I mean, that was kind of the nice part of it because I think if that, it wouldn't have been wind, that windy out that day, you and I probably never would have met. But uh, then, we, then we started chatting and like after like five, 10 minutes, we're like, all right, I can partner up with this guy. Then uh, we kind of, after a conversation, you know, we discussed how we kind of got our styles from just various social media, and we kind of, I, I think both of us are kind of veering away from that and kind of are doing our own thing at this point. But uh, a lot of the things that we were talking about, like we had very similar styles of just being mobile, hunting leeward sides getting on those soft edges, all that stuff was super similar. Hunting overlook spots. But. Yeah, that night I actually ended up hunting an overlook spot and I saw a bunch of deer. Because I remember when we were sitting in the parking lot and then uh, we started talking. And it's it's weird, too. Like, you know, you meet a random guy. You don't want to play all your cards, right? So. Cause you yeah, just play the poker face. Exactly. You know, my one of my favorite Lady Gaga songs. Um, so, you know, we're sitting there and talking, and what it's going to end up coming down to is, you know, Eric and I talked for, what, an hour at least, and then we're finally like, oh, all right, this was a good vent session. I think we both needed this. And uh, the next day after we had talked about, uh, you know, what we saw and everything that night, and I had a couple good encounters. And it was like, so, just to interject. So that night, did you guys both hunt the same property that night? No, or was this all like pre-hunt conversation? We hunted a different property. I, it was kind of funny. We both kind of had the same idea that night. But our sorry, uh, Zeb was hunting within freaking what two hundred yards of the road. Well, and, so you had a bud spot. I like it. 
Well, so that was the second spot. So when Eric pulled into that parking lot, he had the same idea I did because the wind was blowing hard over that ridge on the leeward side. But there was a really good um, piece of corn or, a, a, you know, a couple cornfields standing that butted up against the public, but it was a hell of a walk to get back there. And the night before, I was hunting a piece just down the road, and my buddy uh, hit one in Minnesota. Or he shot at one. I thought he hit it. So I come out early because I was going to help him go track, but then it turns out he missed it. So I started driving around, like, right at prime time. And I saw all these deer piling out of that piece, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, this is what I was about. You know, there was bucks jumping out in the I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. There's deer jumping out all over the road. And so that next day I had that in my head and the wind was going that way. And I pulled up in that parking lot and I'm sitting there waiting to get in there. And Eric pulls in and he, you know, we start talking and he had the same exact idea, you know, but he, he was like, oh no, you were here first. So, you know, you can go hunt. I'm going to go hunt this other piece. And then I go in there and I walk right into a real nice eight pointer pushing a doe and end up blowing them out of there and uh i turned back around after that because the wind was kind of getting squirrely in there so i had an encounter there and then that's where i went to the old 100 yards off the road and had some encounters there okay think, eric, eric you saw some deer that night but i don't know if you saw anything great yeah i i was actually kind of doing similar to what zeb was doing I ended up hunting a spot where I could see my truck and ended up seeing some does that night. Uh, and I'm, you saw a pretty good one. So, I mean, those road spot, side spots weren't, weren't a bust. <laughs> yeah. I ended up seeing, I think three good ones that night. Cause I walked in, it was the same scenario. There was a little like grass field alongside the road. Um, when I had left early, I had passed it and I saw a bunch of does out there. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. Don't overthink it. So I went in there and I sat in like a blowdown. And as I'm walking in there, I jump a buck about, he jumps up from across the field about halfway up the bluff. Well, he was probably on the bottom third. And he just goes up the bluff on some private away from me. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. He was sitting there. He walked <laughs> as soon as I stepped off the blacktop. So then I sat down and I'm sitting there and like two hours before light or two hours before dark. Also, I look up in the corner of the field where that other buck had went up the bluff. All of a sudden, just a Tatanka comes walking out, and I was like, oh, he's going to come. And then it was like 80 yards, and he stopped, turned, and went straight up the bluff away from me. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. I grunted at him. He knew the game. You know, he had seen – by the size of him, it was one of those, like, yeah, he's played this game before. And then yeah. uh, right before dark, I had a chase come through right behind me in the in the bottoms. I was backed up right next to a creek. And uh, it was just so dark. All I could see were tines or, you know, that bright, flashy, um, kind of bleached out rack coming through. And I don't know what it was, but it ended up being pretty crazy. Yeah. Just something I was thinking about as you were saying that. You think with that wind being as strong as it was, like 30, 40 mile an hour with the gust, you think that thermal tunnel was pushed down almost towards the bottom third it's just a thought you know i don't know i don't know about that because you know that's a really good good thought if that those currents would come down that far but what it reminds me of i got a one of my best friends is in minnesota and he's hunting real tall bluffs you know just across the river from me and uh 
he finds a lot of betting on that bottom third. You know, yeah. both that that top third, and yeah. I don't know if it's because you know there was some farms right up above there. Yeah, and they're still catching. You know, movement above them, moving below, and another yeah. thing a lot of people talk about is, man, the woods are pretty open in these bluffs, like compared yeah. to the black country. Like I know you grew up hunting, and I did. Like maybe they don't have the wind at their back, but they can hear and they can see a long way. Yeah. Uh, the reason I say that is because I remember a podcast way long ago, kind of when I was first starting this stuff, and I remember Joe Elsinger talking about on the really, really windy days, they're usually third to halfway up on the ridges instead of that top third or even that, that top quarter. So I'm just wondering, with the wind being that strong, if it would, and it being open fields up on top, if that wind was just that strong to push to over to override the thermals that day i don't know it's just a thought no i think it makes a lot of sense and then i also think that you know the does were lower yeah you know? i mean it takes one one doe in a family group to be like you know what uh i'm cool and there's so much you know there was a lot of oaks where we were at you know yeah. there's food everywhere there was browse everywhere so i mean if they want to get out of the wind because it was cold you know yeah. that was kind of like a first cold i don't know if it was our first cold snap but the temps were definitely trying to put on the feed bag yeah and if i recall that bottom was fairly thick and i remember scouting another bottom too and it seemed like if the oaks were open it seemed like those does weren't afraid to go on that thick stuff in the bottoms too so that might have been a, a scenario playing out too why those bucks were in the bottoms so yeah i, I definitely agree i don't know maybe i'm just talking gibberish maybe it was just deer being deer but i don't know i always like to try and come up with theories on why they're doing what they're doing <laughs> Well, they're not doing something because it's because they don't think it's right. You know, like every day they wake yeah. up, it's like, all right, how do I not get killed today? Yeah. Yeah. You know. It, it's yeah, just weird. Me, Go ahead, bud. Yeah, me me looking at it and kind of listening to what what you guys are describing. If you guys were sitting in high winds, like I I would think that. Now, this would be like a whole physics experiment with wind tunnels. But, I mean, you get high winds, like, you know, that wind might have just been blowing right over. Yeah. Where maybe you're not even getting a wind tunnel. And kind of saying the same thing where the does, I mean, you even look at, like, doe bedding. Doe bedding really isn't wind-based because they, they bed in a circle. They do more of their thing as a group. Yeah, Most of their bedding, yeah, yeah, they're in the wide open. There, there is more. Yeah, let's just all group up and just hang out and figure out. And that's how I look at it. Well, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they like being in the thick shit too. Like, at least what I was seeing down there at that time, they, they, I was seeing a lot of those in the thickest stuff possible. Because, yeah. like Zeb was saying, the ridges were fairly, fairly open. Yep. So, 
And yeah, but but if be in that time frame, and if all them, and same thing. I mean, you look at a, a deer; they still take the track of least resistance when they walk. So why not get out of the wind? Yeah. So if they all, if you had that strong of a wind, and you drop yourself down into a draw or down into a valley, get out of that wind. At least then, you get out of that wind. They're eliminating that sound factor to where then they can just have that sight factor too. Sight and like close scent. Yeah. It, well, in those bottoms with that strong a wind, that wind might have been swirling down there too. Yep. So, who knows? But the but Zeb, Zeb was on that the deer that night though. Yeah, it was just. Honestly, from what I saw, I don't think there's a bad time from, like, October 20th on down, like, in Iowa. So, I was kind of, uh, like, creeping social media the past couple years on some of the people I follow that hunt down in Iowa a lot and stuff. And it was always like, man, for some reason, October 23rd is sticking in my head. Like, big bucks just started to fall. Oh, yeah. And I mean, Boy, I third to the thirtieth. Yep, that, I'll, that's I'll it over any stretch ever. Yeah, that's that's another thing that we both keyed on too during our conversation. And Bud knows this as well. Like I've been telling Bud for years that last week in October, it, it's better than any time period during the freaking rut. It it is. Well, I never ran into anyone else either. <laughs> Used to. Yeah. I mean, the first day I walked into the woods in Iowa, I was on a pretty big track. I mean, they're all pretty big down there. But uh, I was going up this logging road. Um, I got about halfway up because I wanted to walk in at gray light. So I was expecting, you know, the parking lot to be full. So I got in like an hour before light, and I sat down at the base, and I was like, all right, I'm going to sit here, and when it gets gray light, I'm going to continue up and kind of poke around and see what I want. And I get halfway up this bluff, and I just see some deer running. And I was like, what? I know they don't have me. And then I just look, and I can see him. And I'm pretty sure, like, in my head, it's verified the biggest one that I've seen down in Iowa. It was, like, day one, half hour after light. And he was chasing bucks away from this doe. And he was just, I mean, he was massive. I was watching him with my binoculars and all that. And I was just like, huh, all right, this is Iowa. And I'm the only one in here. This is like a thousand acres. This is going to be amazing. Yeah, you got it made. You're set up, right? Yeah. But yeah, I never I never saw that buck again. But yeah. That, that was the overwhelming part too. Like, I know Eric and I talked about in that parking lot. So I'm, I'm used to hunting with... Uh, with at least my brother and one or two more of my buddies. Like we always, always grew up tag teaming properties, like what me and Eric ended up doing. And, you know, a lot of guys don't like to hunt within a hundred, 200 yards of each other, but man, I love doing that. It's, it's so much fun. Like people think you screw each other up, but I think it helps more than anything. I think it closes the gaps. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I guess that's kind of where, after that that hunt that i can remember um maybe you remember better eric but we were talking about what we 
what we had seen and then it was like you know i kind of was like hey i kind of want to you want to party you know friday because i ended up telling you about that big buck i saw that first day yep. and then you know you had revealed your other cards about those other deer and i was like all right cool i'll do whatever i'm down to party yeah yeah because uh we hunted that day then a big rain rain front come through and we both sat out the next day and uh yeah that's when we were debating what way to go but um we ended up going to the spot that i recommended because we ended up having a north wind that day and we had a south facing slope so we just played the the leeward game and the reason we were in this spot is uh the previous day i ended up getting in there and scouting and i actually hunted there i think too the the day before we met and i ended up uh jumping three shooter bucks out of this bedding area jumped some does uh found rubs going in and out of it there's rubs all over the property scrapes open all over the property there's no one deer hunting it but there was uh a lot of guys trout fish in that property so i was like zeb i think we have a good opportunity at that property if uh you sit over a scrape that i had found and i would go towards the other end of the bedding area and um yeah zeb ended up you know trusting me <laughs> guy knew he yeah at two days before um because he just uh, wants to party because he just wanted a party <laughs> so yeah we ended up talking about it met in the parking lot right around what 5 a.m or so yeah yeah because you were driving from i don't know i got a text at like 2 a.m saying all right i'm on the road and i was like all right well i'm on the road i'm only i ain't that far away yeah i was driving from madison that night <laughs> crazy so yeah so yeah we ended up meeting at 5 a.m like I, I thought it would take us about an hour and a half to get in there set up and it's exactly uh what ended up happening and uh had a good conversation to the stand um or to the stand locations and we ended up walking up up the up the ridge there and i was like there's a scrape somewhere here then we were able to get the scrape uh with our headlamps and i was like pick a tree 30 yards up on the ridge zeb <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what you said too yeah, yeah. go ahead that was cool though uh, we saw a lot of deer in our headlamps walking in yeah i mean the we bottoms right eyes yep. and they were just like dull staring at us yeah there's a lot of deer in there <laughs> <laughs> that piece had a lot going for it and I remember when we left it was like all right i'm gonna and the wind was howling that was another really strong north wind so i hung i i actually know how far that scrape was because i rain found it it was 25 yards away um i popped up that tree and i'm i'm sitting there and i could see your headlamp when you were getting ready in your tree i don't know if i told you that or not yep but yeah i could see you um doing your thing over there so i was like all right and it was perfect it was one of those mornings where you get in and like it was dark dark when i shut my headlamp off and i was just waiting for it to get light and sitting there trying to figure out stuff and 
you know, where I want to hang off the side of the tree because so I hung out of a saddle. So the tree that I was in kind of had a little bit of a lean to it. So I was trying to figure out, you know, the best way to hang and where they're going to come from. And I'm sitting there and it's getting light. And I was like, all right, there's a scrape. It's sweet. And it had just gotten light enough where I could start arranging things. So it must have been, I don't know, 10 minutes after shooting somewhere in yeah, there. Like 710. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't. 20 minutes after light i look over and uh so we were on this leeward ridge and there was a little bit of a dip in the ridge and i look over just as the buck i ended up shooting crested that ridge and stood there and he you know he stood up there and it was almost like he was flexing for me you know he stood up and he's just looking and i was like holy shit and i get and I know Eric's starting to realize how excited <laughs> I get with my deer hunt. And like I shot my fair share of deer, but no matter what it is, when it's when I know it's like a I call them instant shooters. So like when he popped up, I was like, oh, yep, instant shooter. And uh, I just saw beams, you know, and I was like, holy crap! And so he started walking, and I instantly drew back. And then he stopped at like thirty yards, and he was slightly quartering, and I was like, no, don't be an idiot! Like he does not have you he's just doing his thing so he's kept coming and i'm following him and he was gonna get to that scrape and eric and i had pretty much walked right next to that scrape and i was like all right well that's 25 yards so he's coming out he's coming out and i didn't stop him i just shot him when he was kind of walking because uh, he was that close and i'm you know not i don't have a problem shooting deer when they're not walking fast when they're not doing that rut walk they're just kind of slowly moving so I yeah. didn't stop, and uh, I ended up whacking him probably five yards from that scrape. Like, the wind was howling right towards that scrape, but I just knew it was, you know, the size of the deer, I didn't want to take the chance of stopping him and him bolting because, you know, you probably played the game before. And so well, I whacked and I, him. And I hear that a lot with guys that, like, when you, you do that blah or whatever, it puts them on alert. Yep. So, I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm right with you where I, I feel that that sometimes could cause more harm. So I'm yeah. totally with you with that, that you're better off shooting them on that, just that casually walk. Yep. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, I put that pin on, you know, that shoulder, like if you put, I put my pin usually on like the ball of the shoulder when they're walking like that. So you're going to hit the crease. Yep. And. So I, I ended up whacking him and he took off like a freight train and I knew I hit him uh, based on, you know, that you got that pop going through the chest cavity and he took off like 50 yards and he stopped and I was like, oh man, I'm going to see him go down right here. Nope. He took off again and I was like, shit. And all of a sudden I just heard like a crash and I was like, oh, I don't know what that was because, you know, a deer running downhill in hill country is loud when they're really trucking. Yeah. So I was like, all right. So I just, I kind of lose it then. I'm all jacked up and, you know, I'm peeing all over myself, making a Snapchat video. <laughs> ended up, you know, texting Eric and, you know, Eric's up in the stand. He was probably a little surprised how early I texted him, but. <laughs> Eric's probably like, fuck, I picked the wrong stand. <laughs> <laughs> fuck this guy. He was here to drag my deer. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I did drop a motherfucker, seriously? <laughs> Dude, I, 
I, yeah, I, I would have been in the same boat. Like, it, it was so crazy, too, you know, like, and how I feel, it's like, man, this guy just took me into a spot. This is the second day in my life I've ever met him. And I just shoot a hammer, like, 20 minutes into my sit. <laughs> and I'm just going, holy fuck, I hope he shoots a bigger one than I do. Like, that's the only thing that's going to make me feel better about this if he drops a bigger one than I do. Because, you know, I hunt with a lot of people, and I, you know, we put each other on deer, or, you know, we just hunt together. Whoever shoots the big one, it doesn't matter. Yep. You know, Eric's like that now that I know him for sure, but fuck, day two after meeting a guy, and he just, in my book, shoot a hammer, and it's like, oh, how's this going to go? Am I going to get, like, a middle finger video message? And be like, <laughs> later. Screw you. Take your own deer. Yep. <laughs> but no, it, it was... I hope you have tires in your truck when you get back out there. Hope my truck ain't on blocks. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, you ended up texting me. I remember seven twenty-seven or something like that. Our yeah, I think I got, I got, I got my my text or snap at like seven thirty-five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it was just a chain. Like Zeb stamp here texted me. And I texted Bud, and Bud's like, seriously? And I was like, yeah, this guy shot him. Oh, God. <laughs> so, I don't know. We're, we're having a good time with it. Like, uh, like I, I felt I was happy as a clam. Uh, I, I was pretty pumped up. I, Just, cause honestly, I, I'm the same way. I, I would be happy as a clam, too. As I'm just like Eric, like. You, you we we you guys turned it into a, a group hunt. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. It's no well, different than yeah. They're nothing fucking better than like if you go out as a hunt and somebody gets something. It's it's exciting. Yeah, and it only gets better after the kill. I mean it was it I don't was know about that. I, I I I saw some videos of Eric's. We'll get into that, but <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, uh, no, it was it was a hell of a time, and I I don't want this point to get forgotten because I think honestly this was the key to Zeb harvesting that deer was how we accessed that. We didn't do we didn't walk on the deer trail at all. We made a straight line from the valley all the way to that tree. Like we didn't that way. If that deer hit Zeb's scent trail, Zeb could shoot to him. So I, yep. that, that, that's the biggest point I want to make if there's anything to learn from that. So, well, and on that note too, how we set up. So to kind of put it in perspective, to lay out the land a little bit more. So there was a big, a big Creek that was running through it. And there was a, a hell of a rock ledge, almost a, a mini cliff, if you want to call it. I mean, yep. it had what 30, 40 foot banks at, at some point. So there was no way a deer unless yep. it wanted to, you know do bad stuff to itself would jump off that cliff yeah and uh it really funneled them how they moved through there yeah so eric was essentially on one side of the funnel and i was on the other yeah perfect and another thing that made that hunt cool was zeb actually had a cornfield food plot to his west and i actually had a cornfield food plot to my east and all the bedding was on public. So we were catching all those deer coming back to that bedding from those food sources. 
Yeah, we essentially had it cut off from. Yep. I mean, a deer, you know how whitetails are. One probably could have got skirted around us, but we would have at least seen it coming from one way or the other. And we were pretty yep. much set up where it was a pretty good trap. You know, after I shot that one, I went back down the hill and stayed by that buck because Eric and I had talked. I think we were on the phone a little bit and of yep. what to do. And because again, you know, never hunting with each other. My thought was I'm going to get down, get everything and sit at the base of the hill. So I'm not screwing them up. And, you know, that's what he thought too. So I was just going to let him make the call. And that's what we did. So then, you know, even tracking that buck, I, when I shot him, he kind of went straight down and then went to the kind of skirted around the edge of the hill. So he was still below most of the trails that the deer would have been using. So Eric was still set up pretty decent for the deer if they would have came from my direction. Yep. Yeah. Cause uh, they would have been coming from my direction, but yeah, it, it was a hell of a hunt. It, it, it was a hell of a trap that we had set up. I mean, we had that entire ridge covered, so yeah, but then so, we got so, to, Oh, go ahead, bud. I'm just, so, now, obviously, Zeb, have you ever hunted Iowa before this? No, this is my first time. All right. Just, uh, now, judging from you, I'm like, you did e-scouting and stuff like that. Was this property, like, even on your radar? Did you even look at it? Did you do any scouting on it at all? Yeah, so... I was telling Eric, um, I had a bunch of pins marked and I had a pin. Um, so I, I just put a pin and it ended up being almost directly in between where Eric and I sat almost damn near where my buck died. Like I still got it on my Onyx, um, <laughs> when I was doing my scouting and I think it was the second day I walked into like six different pieces scouting, just trying to find, cause my whole thing was like, if I walk into a piece in Iowa, if it doesn't slap me in the face and say, yep, it's go time. This is a kill spot. I'm walking out. And it, dude, yep. it was hard. There was so much sign down there. But I pulled yeah. into that parking lot because I was going to go all the way back there and check it out. And I got in there and there's like six vehicles and like a camper. And I was like, fuck, screw this. You know, I'm, I'm out. Well, yeah. And lo, lo and behold, like what me and Eric ended up finding out, you know, you can camp in pretty much any parking lot that i saw down in iowa i mean there's fire rings and everything yeah there's a lot more people just enjoying you know the great trout fishing that there is in iowa and that's they're what, just enjoy they're enjoying life yeah and i mean it's laid back down there and you know everyone is really nice and and it threw me off until i went in there with eric three days later but yeah i i, I can't say i scouted or anything I, it was just online it was you know if, if you look at it you know, with that cliff there and how it lays out, like Eric was saying with those fields, it's kind of like, okay, this could be sweet. But as soon as I got in that parking lot, I was like, nope, nope, not doing it here. Yeah. You thought it was, you thought it was overpressured. Yeah. I thought, I mean, you know, looking at it on the map, it's like, oh man, this is going to be sweet. You know? Yeah. And like me and Eric, I think we talked about it the first day, like once you get into that mindset where you really start picking things apart, you start to think that everyone else is doing the same thing you are. So you start to get like, oh, man, there's a vehicle here. He's probably going to be where I'm hunting. Yeah. No, and actually. Trust um, me, I feel I feel that way in northeast Wisconsin every time I drive past the parking lot. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm the Northwest, man. I'm the same way. 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. Uh, I was I was pretty much doing the same thing Zeb was. That's kind of how we met. I was just hitting park our property after property, and like Zeb said, this one hit me in the face. I'm like, we we need to get in here now. I mean, yeah, you just yeah. had enough brains to walk past the parking lot. I didn't. I pulled in and I was like, no, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, we ended up uh, meeting up at. Uh, what, 10, 30, 11, we did agree to meet. Yeah, and, I think you uh, got down at like 10, 30. Yeah, yeah. And I, I met you down there. I left my, I left everything up in the stand, left my bowl, left everything. <laughs> I was like, I'm not carrying anything else up there again. So, yeah, we ended up uh, heading back. Well, first we had to do the, the interview of uh, you, uh, Talking about the buck sliding down the hill with you. That was a good time. Yeah. So, I mean, where I, where he ended up dying, it was, it was steep. And <laughs> I wanted to get yeah. down. So I ended up taking uh, my rope from my climbing stick and wrapping it around his antlers. And uh, basically using that, I was standing uphill of it and I was let him pretty much roll down the hill and I was just kind of keeping him decent. So, you know, he didn't get too crazy, but it kind of pisses me off. I wasn't careful enough because that buck actually still had some velvet on his horns. Really? And, uh, yeah, one of the tips of his horns, uh, honestly, it looked like a piece of corn was stuck on the tip. And I was like, what the hell is that? Well, it was velvet that actually peeled and was stuck to the top of his uh, tine. And then I started looking at the bases, and I still got some on the bases that I was able to save. You know, it's just kind of there. And some fell off when I was doing the skull mount, so it just looks like it's bleach white underneath it. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that deer was all messed up. His face, like his uh, nose, must have been broken at one point because it's completely shifted to one side of his face. Yeah, Eric. Eric sent me. You sent him a picture of like your. Uh, you had an arrow going down its face, yep. but its nose was like four inches off to the side. Yeah, I got, I got that book behind me. I could show you. Um, take him off the wall and show you. Like his. So his teeth on. Yeah, one your side, video ain't working. It's fine. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you know when you, you get that skull bone of a deer, the top teeth. You know, about half of it's covered up by the bone. Yep. The one on the side that he must have gotten hit on, so his nose is tweaked to the other side, um, he has barely any bone covering his teeth there. They're all damn near fully exposed, like just hanging on. Wow. I don't know if, like, he ran it. Some some high school kid doored him when he was on the side of the road. <laughs> or what? I mean, he got messed up. But long story short, getting back to it, I tied him up. To uh, the bottom, like six feet of the hill, I tied him up so his head was uphill, and I could gut him out real easy. So I put him over, peeled the guts out of him, and I just had him sitting there. And Eric come down the hill, and we were looking at him. We were all jacked up, and we were, went back to the truck, dropped everything off, grabbed the sled because we were going to sled him out instead of using the cart because I had left my cart at home. Get all the way. Well, back. it's a good reason to use the sled versus the cart because you don't have the cart at home. 
Good reason. <laughs> you know, people invented the wheel how long ago, and we're not smart enough to use it. Yep. So we, we get in there, and Eric's like, oh, I got to take this. I was like, all right. So I get up there, and I'm all jacked up. and Just I be happy it was like, only a piss. Exactly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I had a sidestep part on the trail a week later. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I get I get all jacked. He knows what I'm talking about, too. <laughs> uh, I get all jacked up, and I go there, and I untie the the deer you know I, I i kind of caveman my way through some stuff every once in a while and just start throwing shit around and i pick up the deer and i unhook him and he kind of gets away from me and i don't get out of the way in time and he he runs into my leg and then he comes down the hill you know and i get him down to the base of the hill and whatever and eric's coming over i look at eric and i was like dude pretty sure i just gored myself in the leg he's like what and i feel put my hand down and i felt like my shin Cause it was on the front of my shin and I was like, Oh, that's not good. There's a hole in my leg, man. And he's like, what? <laughs> so I flipped over the sled right away and I elevated my leg and I peeled my pants back and there was just a hole in my leg. And I was like, yeah. It was oh, brutal. And, and you know, I'm like, <sighs> I've been in situations before where, you know, I didn't handle stress, stressful situations very well. So I, I've kind of learned from that in my years now. And it's like, I right, first step do not freak out. So I feel the back, and I'm, you know, it's not squirting. It's, it's, it's real dark blood, but it's just, it's not like pounding. So I grab like my, uh, it's my not nugget. gushing. It's not squirting out. Exactly. So I was like, all right, we're good there. And, uh, you know, I elevate it and I start putting pressure on it and I take it, take my, uh, you know, the pressure off and I look at it and I was like, all right, it's not like pumping. I look at Eric and I was like, we kind of looked at each other like what the hell do we do now <laughs> sorry no, eric you you gotta drag my deer out i gotta lift my own self out you gotta drag my deer too while you're at that it was, yes that was a shitty part that went through my head like dude i just cracked this this freaking awesome deer <laughs> and now i'm gonna make eric drag it over a mile back to the truck by himself <laughs> i have myself in the leg like Dude, this guy's gonna kill me. Like, this guy literally gonna stab my other leg in the spot, and I'm just gonna be here. No cell phone reception. <laughs> so, you know, Eric looks at me, I look at him, and we're like, all right, he's like, well, I got a first aid kit, and I didn't even think about it. I got a really nice one in my truck for uh, my dog, of course, you know, for hunting and all well, that. Oh, yeah, exactly. We, we all got good first aid kits in our trucks and our boats. Yep. In our, in our dog kit. So Eric God, forbid, God forbid we bring it out to the woods with us we know when we're using guns and arrows. I tell you what, every day I stepped in the woods after that hunt, I had it on me. Deer hunting, <laughs> you name it. And uh, so Eric goes running back to the truck, and he takes off, like, jogging. I was like, dude, don't. You don't have to run. I'm not, I'm not dying. And he looks at me and goes, oh, I need the exercise. You said that. I don't know if you remember saying <laughs> that or not. But he's like, oh, don't worry about it. I need the exercise. I was like, dude, we're about to drag out a fucking deer. You don't need the I was like, oh, I know what's going on. <laughs> the guy's worried about me. He actually cares about me. He might not shoot me. Well, that and two, I know, knew if another freaking shooter was going to be coming through that afternoon, and I had to get your, get my ass back to the stand. <laughs> and I was laying there waiting for you to come back. I felt so <laughs> bad. I thought I like I ruined everything. You know, I screwed everything up. 
And I'm yeah, going, Eric was just worried. Eric was just worried about the afternoon hunt. He was trying to get you and your deer out so he could get back to the woods. <laughs> That's what I was, I was worried about. I was gonna say I was somewhat trying to care about your freaking leg, but I was I was like, we gotta get this fucker out so I can get out there and hunt. <laughs> oh man, he well, ends up. Uh, you yeah, could probably ahead, tell us when you went running running back to the truck because you talked to some guys that we had passed coming out, and then you come back out without a deer. Yeah, they they were like, "What are you doing?" I was like. <laughs> Uh, my buddy, he kind of gored himself with the deer. I got, I got to save him so we can drag the deer out together. Yeah. So I ended up making the mile and a half trek back to the car, a mile and a half back to Zeb, because we were a mile and a half back, and uh, yeah, we ended up getting Zeb taken care of, put some gauze, put a wrap on it. He was, he was sitting pretty. He could put weight on it. So that's when the the drag begun, I guess, and ended up taking us what? Actually, not too long. What for? Forty, forty-five minutes to get a mile there. Yeah, I think I think it was about forty. Yeah, probably about forty-five. Because me and you, you had mentioned something on almost when we get back to the truck. Like, man, this didn't take as long, near as long as I thought. No, not as long as it took to take years out. Not as long as it took to get mine out. But, uh, yeah, we ended up getting back to the truck. And was it all downhill? Because that's what Eric sometimes goes for is it's all downhill. It was slightly downhill. <laughs> yeah, it, it was mainly flat down in the valley. Yeah. Um, there was <laughs> a few creek crossings, like multiple, that we had to navigate. But yep. And those were fun. Especially when the deer would start going underneath the water, then we lose the first aid kit, and I'd have to chase the first, after the first the first aid kit in your pack or the first aid kit on Zeb's leg. No, we left the first. <laughs> yeah, I know. We left the first aid kit in with the deer, so that got all nice and bloody. But every time we do a water crossing and the deer would sink, the first aid would, kit would float downstream, and we'd have to chase <laughs> after it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm sitting there trying to make sure because it, it was just at the top of my knee highs where the deer stuck me. And the funny thing is that it never broke my pants. Like I I didn't have a single cut through my pant, so it it kind of helped in a way because it kept the wound clean. But I'm sitting yeah. there like, all right, we need to get this thing out of here. I got to keep this dry so I can't help Eric run <laughs> down the stream the first aid kit every time. <laughs> onto it. And, and, you know, I ended up going and getting five stitches, and I became a instant celebrity at the at the walking clinic. There was an old lady that came <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, the, the, the banana, the, the Band-Aid station. Oh, yeah. I got a, a mattress stitch is what they ended up calling it. It was <laughs> such an uneven, an uneven, you know, wound. And I'll, there was this old lady. She was sitting there in the ER or whatever, and. She must have went in and got shot. I don't know what she she came out, came in and came out. And she walked past me. She stopped. She's like, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your leg. And I was like, oh, no, don't worry. It's fine. I'll I'll be okay. I'm not I'm not bleeding out. <laughs> it was just like, you're such a sweet, sweet old lady. But 
Yeah, it was wild. But then Eric had a little bit of an adventure when he did get back up and stand, if I remember right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I heard about that one, too. Yeah. Well, before we move on to that, you want to describe your buck, uh, Zeb, just, you know, I'm not all about inches, but it's kind of good to give a good reference over the over the podcast here of yeah. like what it scored and points and all that stuff. Yeah, he was, he ended up being a 10. Uh, he had some really cool stuff along his bases. Um, I think he's got. Yeah, he's got like five stickers on one base that are like half inch. You know, you don't cone them or anything, but he just had some cool uh, characteristics around his bases. And, you know, he, he ended up still having some velvet on him. He had velvet along the, the bases and there's still some on the mount. But it was kind of uh, after I got done doing the boiling them, it peeled back. So it's like super white in some spots where some of the velvet fell off. But there's a little on the bases. There was some on one of the tip of the tines, but then it ended up falling off. And, you know, he's a 140 class. Like, I think he ended up taping around 141. Just a pretty pretty good mass all the way through and just a good, solid, solid buck. He had been through some shit. I mean, looking at how his nose is messed up. and Yeah, he was a, he was a warrior, no doubt about that. Wasn't that big of a body though? I mean, honestly, I don't know if like the trauma to the head caused had something to do with that or. Dude, no, I think it. probably he he was that runty kid. Yeah, he was that runty sure. kid you picked in high school, and he was like, "Screw you, I'm, dude! You wanna go? Let's go." Yeah. yeah. Oh well. So there's one more thing I'll add to that. When we were cleaning them, um, so I had my dad, and my brother help me clean them, and there was a blue. Um, you know, like the tip of a sabot, like for a muzzle loader. Yeah. How they have that plastic polymer piece to the tip of the the sabots. Well, there was yeah. one of those in him in the brisket area, completely um, enclosed in a sack. And, no. Yep. And so my dad was looking at it, and he Googled it. He just Googled uh, blue tip muzzle loader sabot, and it came up as. I don't know. I could Google it right now. It was the only one that popped up and sure as shit. Like that's exactly what it was. Just pristine and closed. So, I mean, he survived. You know, that definitely wasn't, wasn't what screwed up his nose, but he survived that. And then there was, uh, two so, somebody, his, what? Go ahead. Somebody took a poke on him, man, like 200 yards through a cornfield or something like that. And, Yo, head yeah. on. The bullet had to stop, take a breath, and keep going by the time it got to the yep. deer. And there was also uh, two inches of the loin we had to throw out because there was some weird discoloration. Like, I don't know if there was, like, pussy. It was just weird. Like, it was kind of green in the middle of his loin. I don't know if it was, uh, you know, a fight wound or whatever it was. But, yeah, he definitely had some scars. But he ended up being, being a hell of a deer. Now, you want to talk about pus, that'll be like two podcasts from now. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm not sure if you want to come on another podcast, Zeb, to talk about your Wisconsin buck. Um, or if you just want to talk about it right now, because <laughs> after you got that one, what did you do? What, like three days later? Yeah, it was uh, it was Halloween. So I think I shot that 
the one in Iowa with you on like what the 27th or 28th? Yeah. 20, I don't know when it was, but, uh, yeah, came back to Wisconsin and I was hunting with my dad and it was one of those situations where, you know, the sign was there that we could tell. And I ended up walk, I went, put him or he put himself into a spot that he usually likes to sit. And I checked two other spots where I'd walked in, walked back to the truck, went to the other side of the truck, walked in, didn't find what I was looking for. So then I ended up going to the other side of the road where my wife shot a nine pointer. Yeah. When she was nine months pregnant last year, um, she ended up shooting a nine pointer. And I, that sounds like my kind of spot. Yeah. If any woman can walk in nine months pregnant and shoot a nine pointer, that's a spot that I want to hunt. Oh, you're welcome to come down anytime. It's <laughs> this year, I came in from the when she shot that one. We came in from the north because it was a south wind, and it's just a really big, thick bedding area. So on this one, there was a north wind, so I came in from the south, and I'm sitting there, sitting there, and all of a sudden I started to see some deer in front of me in the brush moving around. So I was like, all right, I grabbed the grunt tube because one of them was kind of acting birdy, like it might have horns. And I hit the grunt twice, and all of a sudden I heard a twig snap to my left. Nowhere on my radar was I looking that way. And I just see a rat coming, and I was like, yep, another instant shooter. So I dropped <laughs> back. And it was like those perfect situations where I had ranged that spot, and it was the only spot there, and it was 32 yards. So I drew back and he started to come out and I was like, Oh yeah, here he comes. Uh, I just kept telling myself like second pin, second pin, second pin. He stepped out and I flattened. <laughs> I hit him a little bit far forward, like right where the V in the shoulder, like right next to that, uh, kind of the ball joint up there. I just took him yeah, right, right in the vitals. Yep. Yeah. He, he snow plowed like crazy. And then I called my brother, called my dad, you know, told him to meet me at my truck. We get over there where I, uh, I had said he was standing and we're looking for blood. And my brother looks up and he's like, uh, Zeb, he went that way. And I was like, what? And where he was snow plowing, there was a bunch of little saplings. They were just snapped. And he ended up going like 60 yards and, you know, he tipped over and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like. I don't know how much better this fall is going to be. Yeah. Then he snapped me. Yeah. And I yeah, was trust like, me. Then I got the Snapchats. That motherfucker. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> yeah. That chain just continued again. Like Zeb snapped me. I snapped Bud. It was, I was kind of the middleman. And both me and Bud were like. Fucking golden horseshoe. Yeah. The golden horseshoe fucking kid struck again. Man, well, that day that uh, me and you killed that one in Iowa, my brother was sitting in one of my like favorite stands. Yeah, and he, yeah, your your brother smoked one that day, didn't he? Yeah, he shot one bigger than the one I killed. So it's like, what is going on with this freaking family? Yeah, well, I go to <laughs> Iowa to shoot, you know, a giant buck of my dreams, and then that same fucking morning, my brother shoots one bigger than me in one of my spots. <laughs> I put, and I was just like. I don't even know what to do anymore. Like I, I don't even know. <laughs> it, it's just been it was. It's been a hell of a fall, man. For I didn't think I was gonna be able to hunt this much this year because you know we got a little one and ends up uh, and a little one on the way apparently. Yeah, so that you know that 
didn't delay getting to Eric's stories because the story only gets better. But I got <laughs> home from uh, I got home from shooting that buck, from getting five stitches in my leg, to my brother shooting that buck, to having like the best day ever. And I come home and my wife surprised me, telling me that there's another kid on the way. And like I just sat there like drooling, like brain dead, like oh my god, I don't even know what to do right now. Like I can't handle this. Like where's the world going? Where is it going? Yeah, it, it what's was, left and what's right? It was insane because, you know, throwing kids into the mix comes into the, the story when uh, Eric called me after he ended up cracking that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but, I mean, that's a hell of a year. Like, in a matter of four days. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> yeah, and you were saying, you know, with your kid, you weren't expecting to hunt that much, but... I mean, you've hunted quite a bit this year, and I think, you know, Bud has a young kid too, and he's been able to get out a decent amount. Not always hunting, but you've been out quite a bit hunting this year, Bud, whether it's pheasants or deer or scouting. So, I mean. But butchering your deer. Butchering my deer. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, even though you have kids, you can still make it work. You know, you just got to communicate with you know, your spouse and whatnot. And it helps in your cases. I bet your, your wife is a hunter too. So that she understands. <laughs> it, it does, but it makes it even worse. Like, uh, we, I took her hunting this year a couple times, you know, when we could coordinate, um, you know, a babysitter and she ended up having some, a couple chances at a couple bucks, but it just didn't work out. You know, we're getting busted at the draw and it's like, I get more excited. Like, watching her about to shoot a deer like i feel like i'm gonna fall out of the tree half the time i'm shaking so damn bad, you know yeah that, that's why i believe that i i wish my wife was more my wife is more of a fisherman than she is a hunter oh that's the way lisa and, is she's and, and i would wish my my wife was a hunter yeah because yeah no. i would be the same way like i would get totally jacked up watching her shoot at something then then catch something well i think that's anytime you're not the hunter because i remember earlier in the year bud i mean we just had a group of does go past us and i'm looking back and i'm like jesus christ bud, <laughs> you're not even the hunter <laughs> and uh what uh, when we saw that group of does in that river bottom Like opening week in Iowa. Oh yeah, yeah. You're pretty jacked yeah. up then too. I was fucking jacked up for that. Yeah. And I was just fucking anyone. I was fucking. I'm fucking shaking. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, 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 Eric, I think I got him on camera. <laughs> yeah. So it's like anytime you're not the hunter, it's like you even get jacked up more. So, yeah. But yeah, so that's a hell of a story. And that's gonna be a wrap on this week's episode. Congrats to Zeb on that great harvest. And you guys are going to have to come back for part two because Eric's buck is one hell of a story too. Thanks for watching and we'll see you guys next week.